0: Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary. This is episode 341 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Brand New Year. It is January 6, 2021, and this is Jen. And I'm going to start off talking kind of about my week in gaming, which actually I just mostly did yesterday, but it still counts, I guess. So I've been playing Diablo 3, and I have a video... A couple of videos that I wanted to put up. One of them is just me going through part of season 25 with my monk. I'm playing a monk this season because I want to. The rest, the other two are about The darkening of Tristram, which launched on January 3rd. It typically launches on January 3rd, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But by the time you hear this, I am hoping to have all of those three videos up on my YouTube, and there's links to where to find it at the Shattered Soulstone uh, website along with everything else I talk about. I link to everything so you can find it again if you want to. So you start off, we've got kind of a mix here of Blizzard, or well, Activision Blizzard or ABK, and, you know, A Better ABK, and also A Better Ubisoft that started that after seeing what was going on with ABK. So A Better Ubisoft tweeted on January 1st New Year, new profile pick, the new profile pic has a heart shape with sort of a swirl in it. I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean to me. It reminds me of like really old small records that you had to put the thing in to get them to play. But I don't think that's what they're going for, but that's what makes me think of. And they wrote a heart shaped reminder that we launched our campaign six months ago in solidarity with our colleagues at a better ABK. We stand with them now as always. And ABK retweeted that on the same day, and said, In this new year, we look forward to working with a better Ubisoft and our other colleagues in the game industry as we make strides towards creating an industry that is safe and welcoming for everyone. We stand together now and always. So these two groups that are aiming towards better treatment at work, to summarize greatly, and in one case, a union for sure. ABK is looking to get into a union. They've passed around union cards and such. And so that could be a thing. I think the A Better Ubisoft uh, group is, they started later, so they have, you know, they have to push a little harder to get to where they want to be. But I would love to see both of these groups end up completely unionized so that nobody gets screwed over at work anymore. On January 3rd, the A Better ABK account said today is the third week in which employees across the company are striking in solidarity with Raven QA in response to surprise layoffs. Having had no response from our leadership, Raven QA sent the following letter earlier today, and they used the hashtag WeAreRaven. That's the uh, QA people where a bunch of them got abruptly fired right before Christmas, and if you want to know more about that, you can listen to previous episodes of Shattered Soulstone rather than having me repeat myself all the time. But this is the letter that Raven QA posted to their leadership. Dear leadership, today, Monday, January 3rd is the start of the third work week in which employees are striking in solidarity with 12 members of QA whose contracts were terminated. We have not had any communication from leadership about our singular demand. All members of the Raven QA department must be offered full-time positions, including those who were let go. We have emphasized that our demonstration is done with the best interests of the studio and all projects on which the studio works in mind. The downsizing of the Raven QA department without input from anyone within the department is concerning to us and others throughout the company. In the interest of making positive change for Raven, we would like to reach out to leadership to discuss the current situation. Specifics we would like to discuss on our side are... The details of our demand, expectations from both sides, relocation packages for those who move to Wisconsin, the context of the situation from the leadership side. What are leadership's goals for the Raven QA department? Let us know when you are available to have a conversation. We want to be able to foster a transparent and trusting relationship at the studio. Thank you, Raven QA. And for those that, if I didn't say it before in a previous show, The QA workers were encouraged to move to Wisconsin for the job. So they did. And now they don't, some of them don't have a job anymore. And they have this either apartment or maybe a house or whatever they bought into to do their job. They just, they don't have a, you know, if you don't have a job and your company made you purchase something, either, you know, renting or, or, buying and owning something and you no longer have that income because the company abruptly fired you for apparently no reason they haven't given any reasons so i'm gonna guess there are no reasons and you know you have to do something for these people you can't let them die in the cold of wisconsin because you decided to downsize that's just terrible so these people do need they do need leadership to step up and do the right thing and i do know i mentioned before that there was a fund that's being raised for the people who are striking so that they don't go die in the cold in the winter uh, because of shoddy workplace things that affected them, you know. So there's that. There's also this thing from an account I've never heard of before, and they tweet about Call of Duty, including Warzone, Vanguard, and Call of Duty 2022. It's called Charlie Intel. It's a verified account, so I'm going to guess that they're right on this, and they wrote this on January 4th, breaking Activision has filed a lawsuit against engine owning, that's two words with two capitals put together, one of the largest Warzone cheat distributor, and there is here a screenshot of a lawsuit. It is Activision Publishing Inc., uh, a Delaware corporation. Interesting. I did not know that. I didn't know where Activision was. And they're suing Engine Owning, UG, a German corporation, CMM Holdings, SAA, a German corporation, Valentin Rick, an individual, and some other individuals, including uh, Leonard Bergla, Leon Fritsch, Ignacio Gaj- uh, Chendko, uh Mark Alexander Ricks, uh, Alexander Kleeman, and I guess Jane or, or John Doe's 1 through 50. And the statement here... And there's a little bit more in here too um they're basically suing because they feel that this group of individuals and or companies are using cheat things in activision games which is i mean that could be true the uh information here it's not a it's not a pdf it's just screenshots so i can't really scroll through everything but It starts with a preliminary statement that says Activision is the owner and publisher of the Call of Duty series of video games. By this lawsuit, Activision seeks to put a stop to unlawful conduct by an organization that is distributing and selling for profit numerous malicious software products designed to enable members of the public to gain unfair competitive advantages, example, to cheat in Call of Duty games. These ongoing activities damage Activision's games, its overall business, and the experience of the COD player community. Um, now, I've never played any of those games. I think the last shooter game I played was probably Doom or something like that. But um, this is a, you know, Call of Duty is a big deal to Activision. They make tons of money off of this. It's one of the things I think most people that are playing Activision games are doing. You know, they're playing that that series. And hey, if you, if you love it, great. Have fun. It's a video game. But um, this continues. Uh, it's not directly, but it's another piece from this. The cheating software is comprised of or contains technologies, products, services, devices, components, or parts thereof that are are primarily designed or produced for the purpose of circumventing technological measures that effectively control access to the COD games. The cheating software, that's what they're calling it, the cheating software, and the portions thereof that circumvent Activision's anti-cheat technologies have no commercially significant purpose or use other than to circumvent a technological measure that effectively controls access to a copyrighted work and that protects the exclusive rights of a copyright owner. Defendants marketing the cheating software... I love that they just went into the court thing and said, this is the cheating software, <laughs> you know, unless that's its actual name. I mean, which would be hysterical if it was. Um, but anyway, it says Defendants market the cheating software in the United States with knowledge of their own use to circumvent Activision's technological access controls. As a result of the foregoing, defendants are offering to the public, providing, importing, or otherwise trafficking in technology that violates, and there's a whole bunch of numbers here as to what law this violates. Defendants' acts, Constituting DMCA violations have been and continue to be performed without the permission, authorization, or consent of Activision. Defendants have violated some other sections for commercial gain and some other stuff. As a result, defendants' acts and conduct Activision has sustained and will continue to sustain substantial, immediate, and irreparable injury for which there is no adequate remedy at law. Activision is informed and believes on the basis alleges on that basis alleges that unless enjoined and restrained by this court, defendants will continue to violate the number of whatever the law was of the DMCA. Uh, Activision is entitled to injunctive relief to restrain and enjoin defendants continuing unlawful conduct. So it's kind of interesting. And this uh, Charlie Intel here says Activision also says they have evidence Engine Owning is attempting to create cheats for Overwatch and is asking the court to put a stop to their efforts to damage uh, uh, to damage owned IP any further. And there's an article that they've written about it as well, but I think this might be enough for the podcast here. I'll, I'll link to the article as well, uh, so you can find it if you want to read it. But it's just kind of, I mean, this is not the first time that Activision Blizzard, maybe even King, I don't know, have had some outside group individuals or company create something that allows you to cheat in their games or to run uh, your character as a bot in order to get you know resources or whatever while you're sleeping or at work that's happened before and i know blizzard has gone into lawsuits for that you know to try to stop that from happening so here's activision having having the same thing going on and Yeah, it sucks to have your content and the stuff that your company creates be infiltrated by cheat software, the cheating software. I'm going to use that phrase forever, the cheating software. I just think it's hysterical. Um, It's accurate, but still, you know, it sounds like you're 10 or something like that. (laughs) And, you know, this is at a time when Activision uh, and Blizzard, but since Activision's like the head company, I think you know, they're doing terrible things to their workers. They have been for a while. Blizzard has had also had a bad history of treating people terribly. There are people, you know, trying to unionize from both of these now because of the bad treatment. And, you know, so here's Activision that had something that it feels is very bad and not helpful to them at all and is, you know, uh, making it harder for them to make money off of their products and stuff like that. And they're in court whining about it, which I guess they have a right to do legally. But it kind of feels like, did you ever stop and think for a minute, you know, whoever's behind this at Activision, that maybe you sound like, you know, maybe you're feeling abused like your employees have been abused for a very long time and you just don't have like the insight to say wait a minute maybe i should make those changes you know like that there's a meme of a cat holding a newspaper that says something like i should buy a boat you know like that kind of you know (laughs) idea and it's just not in there at all you know it's just not like they don't even think about their employees as far as this goes um we've got an article from pc gamer And this was posted on, I'm not exactly sure, but, oh, a day ago. So yesterday, I suppose, from when I'm recording this. It's titled Activision Blizzard shows no sign of giving in as Raven QA strike enters the third week. And that was uh, to protest the termination of 12 contracted employees from Raven. And so here's a little bit from that. On December 6th, members of Raven Software's QA department walked off the job to protest the layoff of 12 QA workers at the company. While the walkout quickly attracted support from other Activision Blizzard studios and spurred more forceful talk of unionization at the company, it has apparently not yet drawn a formal response from Activision Blizzard upper management. In a, le- in a letter shared Tuesday via the ABK Workers Alliance Twitter account, the striking workers said that they, quote, have not had any communication from leadership, and I just read you that thing, I think a little bit ago uh, they kind of copy it from there the workers listed three specifics that they want to discuss and i've already read that to you as well uh in an email sent to pc gamer an activision blizzard spokesperson said the company is quote deeply committed to the well-being of all our teams including our qa workforce Mm-hmm. that's why you fired 12 people right for christmas yep and noted that Raven management quote has engaged in dialogue with its staff to hear concerns and expan- explain the company's overall investment and development resources. I don't know exactly what that means, you know, <laughs> but something happened apparently. Quote, as previously announced, we are growing our overall investment in development and operations resources and converting nearly 500 temporary workers to full-time employees across our studios, the largest conversion in Activision's history, the spokesperson said. Quote, for the 12 temporary workers at Raven whose agreements were not extended, we provided an extended notice period, included payment for the two-week holiday break, and will be working directly with those that need relocation assistance. Raven is full of people dedicated to improving the culture at Activision, and we look forward to partnering with employees to do that work together. But, you know, not those 12, apparently. That's kind of rude. You know? <laughs> That's really kind of rude. And yeah, I mean, yeah. While positively worded, says the article from PC Gamer, the statement would appear to be a rejection of the striking workers quote, singular demand, and End quote, that all members of Raven's Q&A department be converted to full-time employees, including the 12 that were let go. Fortunately for the striking workers, the fundraiser launched in December to support the work stoppage has been a resounding success and currently stands at more than $361,000 raised. So that's pretty cool, that part. But I mean, it just kind of... Like, what do you do in Activision Blizzard? Do you even know like what's happening around you? I, I, they just seem really oblivious in some ways. And then we have IGN... That uh, wrote an article uh, was updated on January sixth, which is today, as I'm recording this. Activision Blizzard strike fund passes $350 million as management finally replies. So there's that. Um, now, where did they reply, or was it already the thing? I think it's the Raven thing again. So there's that, and a couple of tweets I've already read. You there's a person on Twitter that goes by at Rebel Comic Nerd, and at Rebel Comic Nerds tweeted this. Hey, just a reminder that ABK Strikers woke up to a press interview where the company said they were working with Raven QA to move forward. Friends, this was the first time Strikers had even gotten a response from the company and they didn't even bother to do it directly. Follows up with, By the way, the company has not reached out to anyone from Raven QA and especially not to those striking. So, from this, since this person is you know very on top of what's going on with the strikes and the unionization and stuff, at least paying attention to it. I don't know that they're directly involved. I have no idea. But they pay attention to it, and they tweet about it sometimes. And I'm using they, them, because that's their pronouns, like mine, are they, them, and I kind of try to support that. So it seems to me, based on what we have here, is that the news sites got from Activision Blizzard this, oh, we're working with them, and we're going to help them relocate, and we hear them, but they're not actually talking to the strikers. They're not. They didn't reach out to anyone from Raven QA either. So it's a lie. It's Blizzard Activision, possibly King. I don't know much about what's going on with King. They seem to be awfully quiet throughout all this. So maybe they're fine. I don't know. But it just seems like this is like yet another thing that sounds positive if you don't really know what's going on but isn't positive really at all. It's a way to like save face, I think the phrase is, so that Activision Blizzard can say, look, here are news articles saying that we are doing the good thing when they're not, they're lying about it. That's terrible. And of course, to be clear... I know there's a lot of good people working at Blizzard and working at Activision, and I'm king. I haven't played king games in a while, but I assume there's people making good stuff there, too. And I'm not trying to say that they're bad people. They're obviously good people that love what they do, that may have thought that you know working for one of those companies was their dream job. And some of them are just getting to do it now. Some people are shifting out of it and going to different places for whatever reason, but... I'm talking about when I'm like, you know, being mean about Activision Blizzard. I'm talking about the people high up that should be doing better and should know better and certainly get paid enough to maybe take a minute and think about how they treat people and make changes. Outside of Activision Blizzard, there's an article from VentureBeat and possibly others. And it turns out that E3 is shifting to online only, an online only event because of the Omicron concerns. And so they've got this article here. And it doesn't say a heck of a lot, but they did release this. Due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022, the ESA, Entertainment Software Association, said in a statement to GamesBeat. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. So, um... That's that's it. If you were planning on going to E3, you're not going now. <laughs> you might be able to do something virtually if they do that sort of thing. But that's that's kind of where they're at with it. And it makes sense. I mean, Blizzard essentially canceled BlizzCon for this year for various reasons. But, I mean, as E3 says, there is an Omicron variant going around. And there's going to be uh, a lot of companies that have scheduled large in-person type conferences that are going to have to grapple with how they want to handle it. So this is what E3 is doing. So just heads up, if you were going to go, you're not going to go. You might get to do a virtual thing, but you're not going to go in 2022. Um, Also, CES is going on right now. That's the Consumer Electronics Technology, something like that. No, I'll get it wrong. But CES, where all the tech stuff shows up and looks cool and people watch it and stuff like that. They are doing in-person and also virtual, depending on how you want to do it. So there are people there. There are people like uh, doing things virtual from there, or I don't know exactly how they're doing that, but I think they are. And it was supposed to go for a certain number number of days, and right at the last minute, CES decided that the last day of it is just plain canceled. So <laughs> we're going to see a lot of this, not just in gaming and tech, but in a lot of different in-person type things where you're going to have last minute, nope, not doing it kind of stuff. And it's all very confusing, but that's, I think that's the world we live in right now. And hopefully it will change. I've got another thing here from ABK, uh, a better ABK on Twitter. This is what they wrote. It's a short thread. Prior to the layoffs of 12 Raven testers, Raven QA, a department consisting of more than 35 people, only had four full-time employees. The rest of Raven's QA testers were considered temporary, although some had been with the studio for up to four years and worked on nearly half a dozen Call of Duty titles. Rather than give the entire team the full positions they long deserved, Activision slashed Raven's already understaffed QA department by a third. The extra workload this creates will inevitably be passed on to testers at Activision's QA Minnesota and QA Texas locations, which combined, uh, which combined, employ over 800 temporary employees and contractors in just 31 regular full-time employees. If Activision tr- is truly committed to the well-being of all their teams, they will stop exploiting their QA workers through the use of temporary contracts. You know, so that's I think accurate. Moving on, I have some tweets from the Diablo account and some Diablo stuff that you're probably here for in the first place, but I try to keep people... As, as soon as this stuff started, all this controversy and stuff, I wanted people to know what was going on, not to dissuade them from playing Blizzard and Activision games, nor to to tune it out. I mean, it's something that's happening with the, the companies that make the games you love. So you need to know, and I want to know, and... Hopefully there'll be an episode sometime soon where I don't have to talk about this anymore, but we'll see. So the Diablo account on January 1st wrote TFW, that feel when it's 2022 and you're still processing 2021. And it used a gif of Tyrael, which is part of the cinematic, I think at the start of Reaper of Souls, where Tyrael and a bunch of... uh, I can't remember if they're Nephilim or not. I don't. They're not Nephilim, but they're with him and they're helping secure the Soul Stone because they would just gotten it away from the High Heavens where it was contaminating things and stuff. And Tyriel's like ready to relax, and then Malthiel comes in, right? And there's that. Se- there's that. Um, is that what this is? I think it is. Yeah. That's. There's this moment where he's like holding up this shield and he's telling one of them, "Run, go tell the Nephilim." You know. And so it's got that. You know, just a tiny little gif of Tyrael kind of like trying to hold back the world with that shield he's using. And, you know, it's 2022 and you're still processing 2021. I think a lot of us can relate to that, honestly. There's another tweet from January 3rd and it's titled, it's from the Diablo account and it's titled, Burning in Hell is Time Well Spent. And so um, it's got the 25 Years of Diablo logo on there. You can see in the background some art from different Diablo games. And it says, You have begun so many journeys. It says, Games created, specifically in Diablo 2 Resurrected. Presumably. Because that's the logo they used. Uh, Games created. And there's this huge number. I'm not good with numbers, but you can look at it if you want. And then there's one for... A collective combined total time played in both Diablo 2 Resurrected and Diablo 3. And it's got a bigger number, and it says that number is a collective uh 844,181 years of playing, of spending time in hell. Yeah. So that's kind of kind of neat to think about. Uh, especially since like, okay, Diablo 2 Resurrected just came out fairly recently. Diablo 3 came out in 2012, I want to say, and then Reaper of Souls was 2014. So it's been a while for those. I could see why that would, you know, make it longer or more, but the statistics are interesting. And of course on January 3rd, The Darkening of Tristram went live in Diablo 3. It's something I do every year. I've gone through it quicker this year than I intended because I had um, I started playing and then I went back to town and had a glitch that like kicked me out of the game i'm like okay that's strange uh but all right and then i went back in and like i didn't do a speed run but i went through like the dungeons and stuff in there and didn't really worry about anything else because i have i have all the pets and stuff like that but it's just fun and i have not spent much time playing diablo 3 since season 25 started so i was hoping to level up the character i'm using which is a monk And it was fun. It was just really fun and it worked that time. So I'm like, that's cool. But if you haven't done it, it's there and you can just jump in and check it out. And I think I linked to stuff about it in the previous episodes. You can find that if you want to. You can probably find it in a number of places as well. Speaking of Diablo 3, we have a tweet from Leviathan who was on Shattered Soulstone not that long ago. And he's got a screenshot here from uh, the achievement or the, is it achievements or objectives? Not sure. He's got Guardian on there at the top there. And uh, he wrote, Finally got the Greater Rift 150 clear. It was one of my goals for the season, but I was hoping I'd see it in Solo uh, Self-Found, I think, SSFHC, rather than SSFSC. I don't know what those are, (laughs) but uh, he wanted one instead of the other, I guess. Uh, Thus, a bit bittersweet, but it's done video coming tomorrow, so there should be a video out from Leviathan, probably on YouTube, that you can track down fairly soon. Uh, Speaking of the glitch that I talked about, Blizzard CS The Americas tweeted out on January 4th, if you're disconnecting while playing D3, the steps here may be of help. And it's a troubleshooting thing that you can do. So it says uh, Diablo 3 disconnection problems. It was updated a year ago. I don't think it's that different. There is just... descriptions of what you should do if you're doing windows and also if you're playing on a mac like i am the common problem is disconnected from the game npc stalled unable to attack or progress further within the instance server or the game froze up and locked could run around in pre-explored terrain that kind of thing so there's a couple things you can do with windows you can reset your network devices to make sure your router hasn't become flooded with data can a router be flooded with data from a game I don't know. News to me. Alright. Release and renew your IP and flush your DNS to resolve any network conflicts. Update your drivers and operating system to resolve any compatibility issues. If you're using a wireless connection, optimize your internet connection to rule out a connection issue. Close all other applications to resolve software conflicts and free up resources. So there's that. If you're on a Mac, it's uh, roughly the same. (laughs) Roughly the same. So there's that. I was lucky I did not have to seek this out because I just waited a minute and I was recording my game. I record my games and stick them on YouTube because I can, and that way I can edit stuff out that's like boring, like me going through trying to decide which of the loot in my bag I want to keep and which I don't and that kind of thing. We all know how that works. We don't need me spending time on it in a video on YouTube, you know, so anyway, and then when I came back after I... Um, edited the video that had crashed at the end uh, I was able to play again and I went all the way through the Darkening of Tristram dungeons I didn't explore everything but if I ran across like Halls of the Blind or something I went in and did that it's kind of fun there's a post here that was uh, linked to by I want to say it was definitely a CM it, it might have been Pez Radar And it's about the Diablo Immortal Closed Beta overview, which was originally posted on October 28, 2021. And it specifically says at the top update, Champions of Sanctuary, the Diablo Immortal Closed Beta will be coming to an end this Friday, January 7th at 9 a.m. PDT, Saturday, January 8th at 2 a.m. UTC plus 9. So if you're involved in that, your days are numbered. (laughs) And uh, the... Beta. The the Diablo Immortal closed beta will be coming to an end at that point. I have not found anything indicating when this might come back. If it will be an alpha, a beta, something else. I don't know. But this is what we know. It's coming to an end. So if you're playing that, you got a little bit of time to uh, go for it. Um, if you can do it before, well, 9am. You don't really have a lot of time from when I'm recording this. So if you go in there tomorrow... And it's not there. This is probably why. Moving on to art from the community and other stuff from the community. I guess I've already started doing that. But let me let me start that part over. Moving on, there is an account called Cinder's Cosplay. And Cinder's wrote on Twitter, I will start the Countess from hashtag Diablo Mortal, at Diablo Mortal after the Nergigante. And there's some stuff. She says she's done some sketches and the dress uh, for the sword. All 10 main projects for 2022 are on her new blog article. And the cool thing is she's got a drawing of the Countess. And, you know, with, with a sword and wings and stuff like that. So it sounds like maybe she's going to cosplay this character. I don't know. But it might be interesting to check in later and see if she does do that. I think cosplay is cool. It's not something I can do. I don't think I have the skills to put all of that together, but a lot of people do, and they just put so much effort into it. And it's always amazing to see like people turn into video game characters and, you know, walk around at events and stuff like that. Maxroll has some exciting news yesterday. Not yesterday, January 5th, uh, the Maxroll account wrote, today we finally launched our new landing page, maxroll.gg. It serves as the new go-to page and in the future for even more projects we have planned. So, if you, They brought a screenshot onto Twitter, and so here's what it's got, uh, Diablo, Diablo Immortal, Diablo 2, and then on the other, it's got a Max Roll logo in the middle, really big, and then on the other side it's got uh, Lost Ark, uh, Path of Exile, something that is just a question mark, and Diablo 4. So that's where those are, so presumably you could click on one of those and get your information that way. Um, Diablo 3 does not seem to be in there but it's not a new game as I mentioned earlier so I, I see why but we need to see what they do with those and then there's this tweet from from today January 6th from the Diablo account and it is written as though Deckard Kane had taken over the account so the first one it's a thread of about three or four tweets so maybe four, seven, five something like that and it's one of those tweets that you can hear you know <laughs> Where you hear Deckard's voice while it, while it says it. And, I mean, I'm going to do a bad impersonation of Deckard Kane with just the first one, okay? Hello, my friend. My name is Deckard Kane. Stay a while and listen. And next to it is parentheses, and it says 1 slash 11,000, implying that there will be that many tweets from Deckard Kane, who has taken over the Diablo account somehow. And then there's, like, three other little snippets of stuff and the second one is 15 out of 10,000. Uh, there's another one that's 500 out of 11,000. Another one is 9,000, uh, number 9,212 out of 11,000. And the last one is just a scream, and it's 11,000 out of 11,000. And it's just kind of funny um, for that. And It's just... I just thought it was funny so it's one of those where if you you know you could hear you could hear deckard kane as you read this and it was just kind of i don't know what they were aiming for with this but it's fun it's kind of a fun thing i like what they're doing with the diablo account then we have david brevik who is a computer and board gaming fanatic creator of diablo hellgate marvel heroes other stuff and someone asked him, at the monastery gate in Diablo 2, beyond the Tamo Highland, but before you enter the monastery, to the right of the door is a gate. I've always thought that looked amazing. I have a theory. Was that intended to be the entrance to Act 2 when D2 was going to be open world? And David Brevik responded. He said, I don't think so. D2 got as, quote, open world, end quote, as we ever intended. Going from Diablo with long load screens between levels at the time to no loading as you walked around and act was a big step. Our D3 design was even more open world than D2, but never came to be. And I do wonder what their D3 design might have been, you know? But... That's, uh, I really like hearing from David Brevik because he will answer questions from people asking about Diablo 2 um, with specific questions like it looks like uh, someone named Micah has sent to David Brevik and he just answers and he like remembers all of this and it's been a while when they were making D2 and stuff like that so it's just interesting and I like when people who work on this stuff can be someone you can literally ask a good question to and get an answer a well-thought-out answer. You know, I think that's cool. And that's going to be the end of this episode. I didn't have a ton of things to talk about, but hopefully this is at least entertaining in some way. And with that, I'm going to close out the show. You have been listening to episode 341 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, definitely in Diablo 3. I'm not sure about the rest. I'll have to get back into D2 and see. Uh, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.